Blog Talk Radio. Right, welcome to Greg Speaks Live. Uh, today, joining me, of course, uh, on the line, uh, excited to have her as a very special guest, is none other than the great, the legendary, Thesia Jenkins. Of course, uh, today, in this particular episode, uh, the subject is four smart moves to improve your personal and professional relationships. I'm Gregory D. Anderson, Jr., your host, Greg Speaks Live. Of course, uh, Thesia Jenkins is an author, speaker, and life coach. And uh, today, we're going to define emotional intelligence. Uh, what do emotions have to do with relationships? Uh, you can also learn about the four domains of emotional intelligence and, of course, uh, provide you with a few strategies to EQ. A lot of times people are not really familiar with EQ. Uh, that stands for emotional intelligence. Uh, often we, we talk about IQ, but we fail to discuss EQ. As you know, there are several people who may have high IQs but often have issues with uh, relating uh, to events or their, how they respond uh, to what's going on around them. Uh, Thesia, welcome to Greg Speaks Live. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Let's jump right into that, uh, the definition of emotional intelligence. Well, emotional intelligence, pure and simple, is really just the ability to identify the feelings that you are experiencing and also being able to identify the feelings of what other people are experiencing so that you can make effective decisions uh, in the area of being able to better communicate with someone uh, whether to act or not react in uh, a relationship on the job. But the bottom line is about being in tune with yourself. Okay. So being in tune with with oneself. And so right. uh, obviously, you know, in, in the work world, we're going to kind of obviously a lot of times people want to relate that to the professional world. And, of course, we're speaking from a professional standpoint as well as a personal standpoint. Again, subject is four smart moves to improve your personal and professional relationship. Um, emotional intelligence itself, uh, of course, how, how imperative or how important is having EQ or emotional intelligence? Uh, we, we know, of course, with a, with a boss or a manager, if you're in a job-type-like setting, um, you're working, that if you say something that's inappropriate, you can get your last check cut pretty quickly. Would, would you agree with that? Most definitely. 
Uh, I have come to find that emotional intelligence is extremely important. You know, I remember growing up and my grandmother would say, you know, that child sure is smart, but they wouldn't be able to come out the rain if it was raining. And I often wonder what she meant by that. And as I grew up and went into the work world and began to uh, uh, to actually went into human resources, what I recognized, what my grandmother was saying is that an individual can have a very high level of uh, IQ. They can have their uh, graduate degree. Uh, they can have a doctorate. They can be in a very, quote, unquote, uh, high-level profession. However, not be effective. You know, I know of individuals who have their PhDs and couldn't hold a job for anything in the world because they don't know how to treat people. So when we talk about emotional intelligence and uh just for reference, for those who are in the audience, because I always believe in giving people information so that they can do their own learning, Daniel Goldman, Daniel Goldman, G-O-L-E-M-A-N, is the author of Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ. And basically what he alludes to, having a high IQ, having a, a, a good level of education is extremely important. However, at the end of the day, if you don't know how to treat people, if you don't know what is going on inside of you, you can do yourself a great detriment. And I have seen that from an HR perspective as well as working in social services with individuals in crisis, is that many times the things that happen in our life are because we didn't recognize that we were getting ready to go off. We didn't realize how our anxiety was impacting our performance. We didn't realize that those feelings of anger were uh, damaging our relationships. We didn't realize those feelings of jealousy. We didn't realize those feelings of inadequacy, how they were impacting our relationships. So, yes, having emotional intelligence is extremely important. Okay. Now, again, with, with, with the definition of defining emotional intelligence, of course, I noticed you mentioned Daniel Goldman. He's been given that, the, the title. Of course, it's one of the ones who uh, founded the, the term emotional intelligence or EQ. And, of course, uh, highly celebrated around the country. Uh, I, I read a few of his books. And, of course, you can also go online uh, to, uh, if you just type in Daniel Goldman, He'll come right up. You'll be able to see a lot of his work, books uh, that, that are available as well. But uh, this emotional intelligence is quite critical because uh, what, what about dealing with the looking at it, emotional intelligence from a uh, standpoint from f- physical emotional intelligence? Obviously, you mentioned something about the uh, managers. If you uh, get upset, you know, with with a manager, and the manager see that. And then again, not, it's not just the fact that you're getting upset. I think that's a normal thing to to get upset or to to get a little frustrated with with even peers, your coworkers. But I think where the problem lies is when a person starts yelling, uh, person to person out. When you start threatening someone, uh, and then again, a lot of it plays a, a big deal, a big role also in your your physical. Like you, you know, you start grimacing, making faces. I mean, these, these are uh, physical. Um, characteristics that can be pointed out in that escalation. Correct. And what I find, though, is that people sometimes don't recognize the physical cues. Uh, I do training, and I've been doing training on this topic for about the last five years. In fact, just recently did it for one of the uh, local companies here in Houston on Thursday. 
And I have an activity, and I won't prolong the time by going into all of the activity, but at the bottom line of the activity is that I uh, put individuals in a position where they have to tell me how they feel once I have put them in a predicament where they start to feel pressure. And 99% of the time, and again, I've been doing this activity for five years, if not longer, 99% of the time people tell me I don't know what I felt. And again, going back to emotional intelligence, and as we get ready to go into talking about the four components of emotional intelligence, that first one is self-awareness. Many people have no idea that they're about to lose it until they've lost it. They don't realize that the tightening of uh, their chest or the funny feeling they're getting in their stomach or the fact that they feel like they've got a heat wave coming over them or that their mouth starts to get dry or that they start to taste. They don't recognize that that they are getting ready to lose it or they don't recognize that that's fear. They don't recognize that as anxiety. So at, at the very core, and talking about that first competency, is self-awareness because many people don't pay attention to the signs until it's too late. Okay. Now, now, one of the uh, significance I would imagine is something that's important with, with becoming self-awareness. Of course, I work with uh, anger management a great deal, and what we usually do is we start off with like an assessment, and the assessment has a lot to do with the questioning. And uh, does your particular program, the way you guys carry it out, you guys have them do an inventory? or uh, ask themselves specific questions to, get to, to basically step into that area of more, being more aware of themselves? How, how do you yes, bring Greg. them to self-awareness? Most definitely. There's several uh, emotional intelligence assessments out there. I have one that I use, and it is just a series of 15 questions. And in particular, the group that I had on Thursday, you know, for, for them, as they went through the questions, and I said, so tell me what that felt like. And of them were like, you know, I never even take the time to ask myself these questions, such as I can tell when I'm becoming angry. I'm able to see uh, the other point of view when I'm uh, talking to someone. So many people don't really stop and do ongoing self-assessment. So, yes, there are assessments available out there uh, for the audience. You 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 can actually go online and put in emotional intelligence assessments. And all types of assessments will come up, and I would challenge you to do that within the next week just to see where you are. And do you feel that those assessments are pretty – obviously those assessments are pretty effective. I think really – I mean, because, again, I teach something synonymous to that. The main thing is, you know, because, again, even in order to direct a person, uh, for them to get in contact with themselves, to know more about – uh, self-awareness, being able to know where they're going from one point to the next. I mean, it, the more aware you are of the things that, that bother you, that will take you into an area that you just don't want to go, it seems like the smart thing, obviously, to do is to definitely get those questions. And definitely, i like to see those 16 questions uh, that, 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 that you're talking about And so, at some point. So let's go to the second component, self-awareness. Uh, after self-awareness is uh, self-management. But I want to go back to self-awareness real quick because I want to give people some applicable uh, strategies that they can begin to use. So in order to increase your self-awareness, I also would submit to you to do what's called a SWOT analysis. And a SWOT analysis is what many businesses use when they're getting ready to do marketing or to get ready to do a business plan. And that's very simply doing an assessment of your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So, for example, with myself, I say that uh, 
My strength is the ability to communicate and connect with people. However, on the flip side, my weakness is communication because sometimes I get so wrapped up and excited about what I'm saying, I fail to hear what people are telling me. Uh, so that's a strength and a weakness. But then my communication also has been an opportunity for me to be able to uh, have a business in which I'm able to do motivational speaking and training. The threat is is that many times in my communication, I may not always be very clear, and I'm very much an introvert, and most people don't realize that about me. So if you're going to be marketing your own business, you need to be a little bit more extroverted. So that's, right. that's a challenge for you all is to go through and do a SWOT analysis. You have to know what you bring to the table. What am I strong at? What am I weak at? Which will lead us into talking about self-management. So the fact that I know that communication is a strength for me, however, on the flip side, I recognize that it's also a weakness. Uh, I have to be willing to uh, stop myself many times when I'm in a conversation. It's kind of like playing jump rope. Uh, if you can imagine, if you will, close your eyes and imagine a bunch of kids out playing jump rope and uh, one of them is trying to get ready to jump in. And right. that's kind of how we are when we're communicating. Sometimes it's like, okay, when they finish saying this, I'm going to say that. Well, if you're processing what you're going to say, throughout the course okay. of the conversation, guess what? You've missed the conversation. So I have to be very yeah. aware of that self-talk that goes on. So, again, the fact mm. that communication is a strength is also a weakness. I have to manage that. I have to manage not wanting to butt in uh, in the course of a conversation. I have to manage the fact that I'm very introverted and I may start doing a lot of self-talk. Well, I don't know if I want to introduce myself to this person or I don't know if I want to let them know what I'm doing or I don't know if I want them, if I want to go to this person and tell them how I feel because I start doing all this negative self-talk. And so I have to manage that. So self-management is simply the ability to manage those thoughts that you're having. It's about being optimistic, adaptable, and flexible. And adaptability and flexibility are key, whether it's in a personal relationship or a uh, professional or personal relationship. So self-management. It is what we do or don't do. Okay. And so basically you have to also be flexible, as you were saying, in that with, as far as self-management is concerned. You mentioned SWAT. Are you saying S-W-A-T analysis? S-W-O-T. S-W-O-T. Strengths. Okay. S-W-O-T. Repeat that again. And threat. Okay. Say that again. Strengths. Weaknesses. Opportunity. And threat. Gotcha. And that's actually an activity that I use with clients that I coach, and they have found that to be extremely helpful. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Powerful. So, again, of course, you're obviously identifying them. And and the level of this has a lot to do with being transparent, being honest with yourself, being say, I'm actually weak in this particular area. Because some people can't deal with, you know, people talking about them or saying negative things, you know, or or even, even if it's constructive criticism. And I think that, that that's where, you know, you have to actually be honest with yourself. And and, and really, how, how does the person self-manage, you know, that is sensitive in that area? You know, if I'm very sensitive with somebody critiquing or, or I feel that they're judging me, but to me, I, I, I welcome critique. I always welcome critique because in critique, I'm able to grow. Now, if you're just criticizing me or putting me down, there's no there's no information you're giving me to improve me or enhance me. But um, a critique... I, I welcome that always. How, how how would one handle that? Well, I think that goes again back to self awareness. 
uh, because mm-hmm. once a person becomes competent, and, and here's the thing, we are forever learning, but that goes back to self-awareness, right. how I feel about me, uh, that you can say whatever you want to say about me. That's all that matters. But, again, I have to have that level of self-esteem. I have to have that level of self-confidence because here's the reality. Every single day we will be uh, we will be challenged whether it's in a relationship, your partner may not always see things the way you see them, your children not, aren't going to always uh, be in congruence with you when you're on the job, mm-hmm. staff are not always going to be easily motivated, and you can't take right. things personal. You can't take huh. things personal. And when you have a strong sense of self-awareness, you can learn not to take things personally. You realize that that decision, that no was about that situation and not about you personally, which then leads you to be able to self-manage and to remain optimistic in the face of adversity. Right, right. Just like in sales, you know, a person, some people don't like selling. They don't like going out talking to people and that type of thing. And to be honest with you, I think I can relate to you a great deal with the fact that I'm, I'm kind of introverted in some ways. But, you know, when, when it comes down to it as far as going out and dialoguing with folks, I, I look at no, like when a person tells me no, I look at it like no, not today, maybe tomorrow. No, not this week, next week. Or no, not never. And it's okay that a person tells you no. I welcome no's. I've learned to love no. I think Tom, I learned it from Tom Hopkins in this book, How to Master the Art of Selling. And uh, wow. it's just important to understand that, hey, you know, folks are going to say no. And, and, and the key to success he was mentioned was STP, is see the people. So the more people you see, you're going to run into all types of energies, those who, who, who need the services and those who don't need your service. And just because a person tells you no, that could be someone that's a bridge to someone else. And no is not always a bad thing. Some people, again, they don't continue to move forward in, in a particular area of expertise or something that they're very, very good in because they fear being told no. That's an obstacle. And like you said, I think that has a lot to do with when you get into that SWOT analysis or analyzing or taking an inventory of who you are, uh, the more comfortable you become with you, the more you'll be okay with the person telling you no. That's fine because everybody's not going to say no. I see it like exactly. you know, it's impossible for everybody to say no. That's impossible. And so if you keep going in whatever the area that you're in, you'll find success. And those who just stop, unfortunately, they end up doing something that they or settling for something that they don't necessarily want to do. Let's stay back on track. Of course, we've got 11 more minutes uh, remaining in the show. We spoke about self-awareness and, of course, self-management. Uh, what we're going to do, yes. let's go ahead and take I'm, – I'm going to go ahead and uh, – I know you got two more – points uh, to, to, to get into. What we're going to do is go ahead and take a little music break, and we'll be right back right after this on Greg Speaks Live. You all appreciate it. When I was young, me and my mama had beat 17 years old, kicked out on the street. So back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Spending from school, I'm scared to go home. I was the fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Said tears with my baby sister. Over the years, we was poor than other little kids. And even though we had different daddies, the same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama. I reminisce on the stress I caused. It was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell. In elementary, hey, I see the penitentiary one day. Running from the police, that's right. Mama catch me, put a whooping to my backside. And 
You always was a black queen, mama. I finally understand for a woman it ain't easy trying to raise a man. Always was committed A poor single mother on welfare Tell me how you did it There's no way I can pay you back But the plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it Tell us it was fair No love for my daddy Cause the coward wasn't there He passed away And I didn't cry Cause my anger Wouldn't let me feel For a stranger They say I'm wrong And I'm heartless But all along I was looking for a father He was gone I hung around with the thugs And even though they sold drugs They showed a young brother love I moved out Started really hanging I needed money of my own So I started slanging I ain't guilty Cause even though I sell rocks Feels good putting money in your mailbox I love paying rent when the rent's due I hope you got the diamond necklace that I sent to you Cause when I was slow, you was there for me You never left me alone because you cared for me And I can see you coming home after work late You're in the kitchen trying to fix us a hot plate You're just working with the scraps you was giving And mama made miracles every Thanksgiving But now the road got rough, you're alone Trying to raise two bad kids on your own And there's no way I can pay you back But my plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it Mama, I can always depend on my mama And when it seems that I'm hopeless You say the words that can get me back in focus When I was sick as a little kid To keep me happy there's no limit to the things you did And all my childhood memories Are full of all the sweet things you did for me And even though I act crazy I gotta thank the Lord that you made me There are no words that can express how I feel You never kept a secret Always stay real, and I appreciate how you raised me, and all the extra love that you gave me. I wish I could take the pain away. If you can make it through the night, there's a brighter day. Everything will be alright if you hold on. It's a struggle every day, gotta roll on. There's no way I can pay you back, but my plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate it. Indeed, yes, indeed. Very strong song. Uh, that's the Tupac Shakur, of course, uh, Dear Mama. Love that track. That's one of the tracks that, uh, you know, I, I get a little emotional when I hear that song. I think it's a perfect uh, segue in this because it is 
uh, Mother's Day weekend. So to those of you who uh, you know have a mother, obviously we all do have a mother who uh, you know we've appreciated, uh, made, have gotten upset with. It's just a great weekend to wish him uh, you know Happy Mother's Day. Uh, those who are here and those who who've left. And so, again, happy Mother's Day to everyone who's tuning in to this uh, broadcast. You're listening to Greg Speaks Live. I'm Gregory D. Anderson, Jr., your host. Uh, my very special guest is the legendary, the author. She's a speaker, a life coach, a Cecilia Jenkins. And along with myself, of course, we're talking about four smart moves to improve your personal and professional relationships. We only have a few more minutes obviously, left in the show, so we want to jump right into this thing. She, talk, she spoke about self-awareness, self-management as four components uh, in, uh, as it relates to emotional uh, intelligence. We're talking about the four uh, domains of emotional intelligence. And, again, self-awareness, self-management. Let's go to that third and fourth, uh, Thesia. Okay. Uh, and I'll go ahead and do the third and fourth very quickly, and then I want to give people a way to remember these four. Uh, number three is social awareness, which has to do with primarily with empathy, the ability to walk in someone else's shoes, the ability to be able to uh, discern the nonverbal cues that happen in conversation, in relationships, because only 7% of communication is verbal. The other 93% is nonverbal. It is our tone of voice and it's our body language. Also being able to uh, put yourself in someone else's shoes and to identify what would that feel like? How would I want someone to tell me this information? Uh, what, what, what kind of support would I want from another person? The ability to be vulnerable. And then number four is relationship management, which really has to do with uh, diversity of relationships, seeing the strengths of other people, uh, also about conflict resolution. Now, I'm going to give you four ways, the four strategies, so that you can remember all of these, because this is a lot of information and actually anywhere from a three- to six-hour workshop. So I have a saying called live bold, B-O-L-D, and that sums up all four of these components, B-O-L-D, to live bold. B is to become self-aware. Know what you're feeling, why you're feeling it. O own your actions. In other words, you are responsible for the thoughts that you think. I always tell people it's okay to talk to yourself as long as you say something smart back. So it's up to you to uh, to manage your self-talk. It's up to you to manage whether you say something or don't say something. So, again, become self-aware. Own your actions. L, the third one, is to lean in and listen. Be willing to truly listen to what people are saying and also not things because so many times we are in the midst of a conversation and we're not paying attention to the tone of voice, we're not paying attention to body language, we're not paying attention to those unspoken things. So learn to lean in and truly listen. D, the fourth one, is to develop and nurture relationships. And very simply, what that means is that we should always be trying to uh, find the good in other people, whether it be people that we're in a relationship with on a personal level or in the professional atmosphere. You know, recently uh, we had the, we experienced the death of uh, Dr. Miles Monroe, and one of the things that was kind of eerie uh, towards the end of his life, you know, he kept talking about we should be duplicating ourselves, we should be training people so that when we're not here anymore that other people can come to the forefront. Well, I truly believe that. I believe that in our families and in our relationships, we should be training our children. We should be training, uh, you know, the people that are close to us so that when we're not here any longer or even when we are here, that they're able to take a forefront. 
when you're in the workplace, uh, you know, many of us are, we may retire from somewhere, but you should be developing the people who are coming on board. You should be willing to um, to give them uh, the attention that they need. Um, and when I talk about developing and nurturing relationships, that means also being able to be with people throughout conflict. You know, the word says that iron sharpens iron. And so many Absolutely. times we are afraid of conflict. And many times that's where growth happens. That's where growth happens in relationships. That's where growth happens in the workplace. Because the reality is we are not all alike. And that was done on purpose. We should not all be alike. But I think many times we are frightened by that. And that goes back to that number one, self-awareness, becoming self-aware, that if I believe that I am the best communicator in the world, I may be challenged by someone who shows the strength of being a communicator. And so, therefore, I may not promote them. I may not give them certain assignments because I don't want them to shine. Well, the reality is there's enough for all of us, and that happens yes. in relationships. Sometimes we don't uh, let our partners shine. We don't let our children shine, or we are afraid of conflict. We don't let people, we don't give people kudos in the workplace because it goes back to our own lack of self-awareness. So I want to leave with the audience is to simply live bold. Be self-aware, own your actions, lean in and listen, and develop and nurture your relationships. I love that. That was well said, Tisha. Now, in, in those four components, you mentioned self-awareness, self-management. Now, what, what was number three? Number three is social awareness, being aware of what's social going on awareness. around you and having that, that certain level of empathy. Okay, so social awareness and relationship management, those four. And I love that bold uh, analogy you used to say in order to, the way to remember the four. You mentioned be and bold is for be, be self-aware. Uh, the O is for own your action. L is for lean in and listen. Love that. And then that D was for develop and nurture relationships. Hey, man, I can't say it any better than myself. I love that. Hey, these are four moves to improve your personal professional relationship. I hope that we were able to share some things uh, with you that uh, you can take and use in your personal life as well as your professional life. Again, uh, we are human. You know, that's what we have to actually look at. We are human. And as human, we have emotions. It's not just uh, even in business. You know, be considerate of those be careful. Be careful how you treat people because I, I learned also today is nobody or the person that you're looking at as a person that's under you today could be the person that you have to go to for on tomorrow. So it's very, very critical that we be careful as to how we treat people, treat people with that level of respect. And I just believe in, hey, you know, you, you treat those, and it's karma. You treat people how you want to be treated. And I think that's scriptural, obviously, as well. It's critical. Think about what you say before you say it. And it's really, it's really not that hard. I think the great the battle itself is in the mind. And so, again, I want to leave you guys with this quote by Burton Braley. And it says, if you want something bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for it, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep for it, if all that you dream and scheme is about it and life seems useless and worthless without it, if you gladly sweat for it, fret for it, plan for it, lose all terror of the opposition for it, if you simply go after the thing that you want with all of your capacity, strength, and sagacity, faith, hope, confidence, and stern pertinacity, if dogged and grim you beseech and beset it, 
with the help of God, you will get it. I'm Gregory D. Anderson, Jr., your host of Greg Speaks Live. Once again, thank thank you very, very much, uh, Thesia, for coming on on board and uh, being my thank special you. guest for the day. Okay? A- any uh, final comments you want to leave with the audience, or you said it? Uh, I'm just going to say, live bold. Live bold. There it is. From Thesia Jenkins on Greg Speaks Live.